Good morning, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's good to be here with you today. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for today and the weekend. Happy Friday or a Friday for all of you. It is wonderful to be here with you. Even if I had gotten into some path of consciousness, I was streaming consciousness. And all of a sudden I went, oh my gosh, I only had had seven minutes to live. What time is it? Uh, so I was just a minute late, not too bad. You know, it's funny because when you broadcast through uh, places like this, through StreamYard is what I use, but there are others like BeLive or um, well, I don't know what the other ones are called, but you set up a broadcast to be done, say to Facebook or to YouTube or both like I do. And they only give you like 10 minutes. If you don't show up within 10 minutes, then Facebook just cancels it out. And after a while, I'm like, oh, are they going to, you know, block you from ever uh, scheduling a new broadcast or what? So I'm always super uber conscious about being here on time, except this morning as I was wandering through my mind, uh, I was actually, I'll tell you what I was doing. I got so very interested in the astro design for uh, this month for uh, Leo. And I started looking at it going, oh my gosh, the, uh, I, I first looked at what are the centers of your human design that all of the gates uh, of Leo would be at. And I thought, oh, there's not anything that interesting there. Three throat gates, the identity center, an Ajna and a sacral center, right? So yeah, no big pattern emerged there. But then all of a sudden, I realized that all of the gates of Leo are in the collective circuitry and that half of them are sensing, which is completely different than the other half of the gates which are all in logic or understanding. So I, in fact, the pattern goes sensing, logic, sensing, logic, logic, sensing. So I was like, oh, so I really was digging into what does that mean for all of us? And I want to be sharing, of course, that information with you as today we're looking at two big things. One, the moon and what she is doing today, and then the sun as well as he is going to be moving off into the sign of Leo uh, for the next month. And that changes up the energy from the more protective, security-oriented, cancer energies, home, family, traditions, right, to the more Leo extroverted playful, let's get out in the sunshine and do something, be expressive energies of uh, Leo. So it, it kind of changes up the direction that everything is going to be moving in for the next month. Um, and we start this weekend, of course, with the sun moving into Leo, but also the moon moving into a sign, Gemini, that is favorable for the sun's progress through the sign of Leo. As the air of Gemini fans the flames of Leo, a fire sign. And so what we have is sort of some passionate uh, energy, some conversational energy, extroverted energy uh, popping up for the weekend. Uh, but of course, the weekend begins today. I always like to think of Friday as the beginning of the weekend. And today the moon will be finishing up her transit through the sign of Taurus. And I want to talk a little bit about that and then move into the Gemini energy and then talk more about the sun in Leo 
the aspects that the sun will be making while he is in Leo, you know, it's not all going to be fun and play, that's for sure, because most of the contacts that the sun is making to planets during this transiting uh, time, this Leo time, are going to be the outer planets. And the outer planets, of course, bring us into collective consciousness. The outer planets sort of set us up for um, things that might be out of our control. So we want to take a look at that and see what those kinds of things are going to be. And then finally, we'll take a look at the circuitry in our human design, astro design, to take a look at what it is that Leo is really trying to teach us in the grander scheme of things. But first, let's say good morning to people who are checking in with us. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, hello to you and happy Friday. Good morning, Kajella and Tom. It's good to see you. Christine Buckingham, JLo, good to see everybody out there. It's a slow kind of morning, I see, because usually, right, you guys are all right on at the same time I'm coming in. Uh, but it's summer. People are probably off and running. Summer, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Some of you that are joining from the Southern Hemisphere, you're probably a little bit lazier as it's winter for you. <laughs> so in the summer, we're lazy because we spend a lot of time doing things that are fun, exciting, staying up later, staying out later. And in the winter, we're cocooning, right? Because it's cold or maybe it's dark early. Uh, I'm really enjoying the longer days and that sunshine energy although today today isn't one of those sunshiny days but that's okay we're supposed to get heat next week so i can handle the clouds and the cooler temperatures i even had to drag out some winter shirts because it was kind of chilly this morning uh, okay, so um, by the way, if any of you guys have questions this morning, please feel free to put them into the chat uh, as I will uh, briefly look at those questions later and hopefully maybe we'll have a couple of minutes we can do some card readings today for people. So let's take a look at the moon in Taurus. What are we finishing up in this transit as the moon is here until uh, 4 until 10 11 p.m my time so that means evening time for those of you on the east coast the moon isn't going to transit into gemini until very early in the morning so we're still finishing up this transit but we also have a, a fairly long void of course moon beginning at 4 45 p.m so about seven hours eight hours six hours seven hours something like that that ends our day so i love it when the void comes at the end of the day when it comes at the end of the day, I don't have to worry about things not going right, you know, because during a void, of course, moon, the moon is not making any new contacts to other planets or moving into new signs. She's sort of waffling at the end of the transit of a sign, and there's nothing, no new injection of energy coming. And so we, we sometimes call it the wandering moon or we call it the void moon. And it's really a time where new things can't happen, right? There's just no new injection of energy to make things happen or to change up uh, what things have been going on. So it does make it a good time to rest or to sort of just chill, do things that maybe watch a good television program, read a good book, play some games, sit outside, but not necessarily a time for us to try to move ourselves forward. But during the bulk of the day today, we will be finishing up the transit to in Taurus with the moon, and she will be making connections with Saturn, with Neptune, with Pluto, and she already made a connection with Uranus earlier this morning. 
So uh, we we still have some powerful transiting moon energies that we want to work through. So let's talk about that first. Uh, the first next the next one coming up for us will be the square to Saturn, and that's giving us an introspective perhaps start to our day causing us to look a little more inward. Maybe we feel a little bit lethargic or a little bit slower this morning. I certainly noticed that right away with the uh, the, the way people were coming into the show this morning, uh, how I was, you know, sort of wandering around. So there's this more introspective, inner-word focused energy that starts our, uh, our, our waking day today. Now, you know, Saturn is typically duty and responsibility. And with the moon, sometimes that emotion of things that we have to do, um, and not necessarily the things that we want to do kind of feel like weights a little bit around our necks. So we may want to lighten our load a little bit this morning, you know, take it a little bit more easy on ourselves. We certainly don't want to put on the back burner anything, any responsibilities that we have. That's not what we want to do. But we really do need to be kind and gentle with ourselves as we start out the day. Now, a little bit later in the early afternoon, the um, moon will come into a sextile with Neptune. Neptune, the planet of our higher thinking, our higher uh, spirituality, so our our soul connection, if you will, and we become maybe more emotional and a little more sensitive, both psychically or intuitively, uh, but also emotionally to what other people might be saying or to what the uh, energies are that we are being presented with in the outer world. Maybe we feel a little more contemplative as that time goes on, or maybe our hearts swell because right away with the, the sextile to Neptune, within an hour of that, the sun moves into Leo. And I don't know if you guys sense it, but I often sense that energy shift when it happens. And I can almost always look at the clock and go, oh, yep, the sun has just made the shift into whatever sign that is, because I suddenly feel differently within me, or I start speaking differently, I start sharing differently, I, I just feel like a different energy has come in. And it does, that's not good or bad, it's just that I feel that difference. And let me know if that's something that you guys notice too. Um as we move through the day, we later in the day, we get to a trine with Pluto. A trine is a 120 degree angle, and it is an ease and flow of the energies that are coming up. Now, this is where we have some faith in ourselves, right? The Pluto energy is very much about power and empowerment. And with the moon here, maybe we're being imbued with confidence and being able to stand on our own two feet and just really feeling that that good energy of uh, moving in the direction of power, empowering ourselves, being empowered, helping others to become empowered, etc. And the last aspect that will happen for us on the West Coast, but for those of you in the mountain time zone, east it will happen early in the morning and that will be the moon in a sextile to the sun that'll be a time to take it easy we'll be sleeping anyway right going with the flow energy so maybe our dreams will be sweet and be uh, something that allows us to just go with whatever the flow is and when we wake up tomorrow morning the moon will be in gemini now, before we talk about the moon in Gemini, I want to talk about the astro design of the day's moon 
uh, because she's moving through gates on the throat center, right? Late Taurus and almost all of Gemini energies are on the throat center. And in human design, the throat center mediates communication, obviously the throat, the larynx communication, but there's also manifestation here. So it connects our ability to bring our dreams into reality by what it is that we are saying. So it is sort of like that in the beginning, God said, and then there was. So we get a link to our voice, our words, and the creations that we make. And, you know, interesting sitting here at the cusp of the sign of Leo that is very manifestation oriented, very self-expressive and potentially giving us a real strong push into uh, being able to create from our heart centers. Although now with Taurus energy being the gate itself, so the, the gates and uh, on the throat start in Taurus. So we kind of get this idea of really having to simplify when we put into words what it is that we want what are we trying to create so you know kind of leaving it so i i know sometimes i who was i talking to this week and they they were you know wanting to create by putting all of these different words into a situation that they were um that they were creating or that they were wanting to manifest but really the simplest words are the best right to allow the universe to bring you the highest and the best that it can offer from its much higher perspective. If we're putting in a bunch of words and saying that we want it in this way, this color, this kind of you know thing, that's that's fine, except what if the better color is purple and you wanted it blue, right? So then you, you start to get too detail oriented in what it is you want. And then that kind of pigeonholes the universe and it is, more difficult to see the results of your manifestation that way. So I'm sorry, my cat is playing around here. I don't know. Please don't be telling me you're chasing something. No, good. Yesterday, she brought me a gopher, like this big, and laid it right next to me while I was working, and I nearly had a conniption. Luckily, it was dead. She'd already killed it, but she hadn't tried to eat it yet, thank God. So I was just able to give him a burial. So she's a good kitty that way, right? Because, you know, gophers can be very destructive, but like leave them outside. Don't bring them to me on the off chance that they're alive and that they start running around. And I would scream like a little girl, even though I'm not afraid of them. It's like primal or something. Uh, okay, back to our, um, our gates of the throat center. The last thing about the throat center is it runs our metabolism. And that's always an interesting connection to me, right? Metabolism linked to throat, to the action energy, the gearbox energy that is the throat center uh, and metabolism here linked to it because it moderates our actions. It is the energy uh, burst that comes with the creative impulse, right? So metabolism, communication and manifestation all a part of that throat center. Now, the gates that the moon will be sitting at, at as we end our transit through Taurus is the gate 23. That's where he is or she is. The moon is right this minute. And the gate 23 sits on the throat center and it's moving up toward the gate 43 in the Ajna. Well, right now we also have the north and the south nodes sitting at those gates. So the north node herself is the one that is sitting at the 23. 
And the North Node is our destiny, right? Collectively, the direction in which we are meant to be moving, where the South Node is what it is that we are meant to be leaving behind or focusing on less. Now, the gate 23 in human design is called, in quantum human design, is called the gate of transmission. In the traditional human design, it's called the gate of assimilation. And it is really a, where the energy of what we want to create, um, the, the energy moving from the body centers or even from the head centers down to the throat become visionary, right? They become our ability to tap into a vision. So the 23 sees a higher vision, a higher purpose maybe behind everything. And it then attempts to put that transformational energy of ideas or possibilities into words that can then become creators of the reality. So the, the 23 is really important for us in terms of being innovative, uh, in terms of teaching. It's sometimes called a, key, a teaching gate. Uh, because its energy is really about bringing to the throat this idea of what's possible and what more can we do or how can we expand our creative energies. So the 23 gives us a good dose of being able to tap into that. But at the same time, in the um, uh, colloquial way of looking at this channel, the whole channel that is connected right now by the South and the North node, we call it the freak to genius channel. The 23 is the freak part, right? The freak part where the 43 at the other end in the Ajna is the genius part. So the gene, and we all have this, right? We all have this. It just depends for you. Is it defined and, uh, you know, something you're broadcasting or is it undefined or open or white in your chart, which means that you're taking in the energy from others? But on one end, genius is where we have possibility thinking that is, you know, like innovative, is outside of the box, is very unique. And then the 23 takes it, takes the freak or takes the genius and then puts it together in possibly new ways, right? In ways that we didn't expect or sees a different pathway for how that energy can be expressed. And it's called the freak right? The freak sees things in a different way. It sometimes is speaking from beyond its time or uh, ahead of its time. And so because anything on the throat center is projected energy, projected energy meaning that it has to be pulled out of us via an invitation. So in order to be seen as a freak, uh, in order to be seen as you stating your genius, we want to wait to speak that to the right people, in the right time. And the right time, of course, comes with an invitation. And also uh, timing sometimes comes from having the right people around you that to speak something to can actually lead to some kind of action, right? So if you're a metaphysician and you're in, in a room full of scientists, um, you might want to really meter, meter when it is that you're going to say, you know, how, how you're going to link science and spirit to the right timing or else you might be seen in the wrong light, right, as being irrational, perhaps, or what have you. So that's the first gate that our moon is going to be transiting through today. And then she moves off to the gate eight. Now, the gate eight is tricky. It's a good one. It sits on the identity center. So it's our soul. It's right, you know, our heart center almost. And 
that center can become very vulnerable to criticism because it's so invested in its heart, in what it wants to contribute, in its its way of going out and sharing, right? Love and direction, right? That's that center. So the gate eight is called the gate of fulfillment in quantum human design. It is called the gate of contribution in traditional human design. Pretty much means the same thing. It is the search for our ability to contribute what we know, our genius, right? Our gifts, our talents to the world in whatever way that that happens. And we all have different gifts. We all have different ways in which we bring these things out and contribute from our genius. So here is the need to express ourselves authentically. This cannot be the voice of someone else that you are sharing. It has to come from the heart. It has to come from your own truth, from your own inner being. And there is also a quest that happens in this gate. And the quest is to find one's life purpose. And people who have the one and the eight defined are often the people that when I do readings with, they're already, they're on this hunt for their life purpose and they keep feeling like they're failing in finding their life purpose. Raise your hand and tell me if you've had that feeling where I'm, I don't have my life purpose. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm here to do. But in the truth, the truth of the matter is that your life purpose is to express yourself authentically. However, that is, maybe it's through your voice, maybe it's through the work you do, how you share your gifts with people, the, the, the way that you clean houses, the way that you organize cupboards, the way that you raise children. It doesn't really matter the, the what, it's that your life purpose here in this gate really shows us that to live authentically is to express yourself authentically to the world in whatever way that that shows up for you. And as such, then there's a certain amount of vulnerability here because we might feel like to live our authentic self, to speak from our authentic self might lead other people to criticize or judge us. And if we've had that experience in the past, then it can often lead us to shut down our contribution. So maybe what we might be looking at is places in our lives where we have shut down in some way, for whatever reason, right? Maybe somebody said something or somehow we picked up a thought that we weren't speaking truth or it wasn't right, whatever it is. This is a call for us to get back into our own authentic selves and to express the fullness of who we are meant to be. So we have that going on today as well. Uh, I'm going to look at comments real quick. Uh, good morning, Catherine Worcester and Natasha. Good to see you. Tom says, question, would you weigh in on the Uranus event coming up in a week or so where Uranus conjuncts the lunar nodes at 18 degrees? Well, Uranus is already at 18 degrees. So the nodes are, you know, how the nodes back into a sign. So they're moving from the higher degrees to the lower degrees. And today the North Node is sitting at 20 degrees of, is it 2000? Oh my gosh, 2000 of uh, Taurus. So moving, we have two more degrees the nodes need to move into and they will come together with the planet Uranus. Now, you know what Uranus is all about. It is about awakening. It is about rebellion. It is about revolution. It is transformation, liberation, and freedom. The North Node setting us up for a new direction, right? Something new. 
something untried and untrue, something even maybe a little scary, right? The, the nodes aren't moving through the spleen to be sure, but whenever we are about to embark on something new, we often feel that fear, right? That, that worried or that anxiety, am I doing the right thing? Uh, am I gonna, you know, is this gonna be the right move? Am I gonna, is it gonna fall apart on me? There are all kinds of things that happen when we embark on a new direction. But embarking on a new direction, we must, as the nodes coming into contact with Uranus would drive that into being. So what can we do to free ourselves? What can we do to liberate ourselves? Now, the outer world is the one I would be more concerned with because events are happening in our outer world all the time that are often out of our hands. Not much we can do about it, right? The coronavirus, no matter how much we want that to be done, keeps resurging. Uh, there's still war going on in between Ukraine and Russia. We still have political upheavals going on. We still have heat. We still have, you know what, right? All kinds of chaos going on in that outer world. All of it prompting us or should be prompting us, leading us to a new sense of freedom by embarking on innovative new thinking, right? Letting go of the past. Now, just after we have the connection between the North Node and Uranus, the nodes are actually going to shift along with Uranus into new signs or new gates, let's say, in human design, not signs. Don't get confused. New human design gates where the nodes will shift into where Uranus is now at the gate two, the North Node, and the gate one, the South Node. And Uranus himself is going to slip into the gate 23, where the moon is today, right? So it's interesting timing. Great question, Tom, because it really shows us um, that as a, as a course of action, that the node and Uranus meeting come up perhaps with new ideas, and then they exchange places right? They exchange places where the North Node, having been in 23, moves into Uranus's place at gate two. Uranus, having been at gate two, now moves into gate 23. So we're seeing the taking of new ideas of, of allowing the new, right? The gate two has been all about allowing, being receptive, right? Not standing on the ground of the old and holding tight, but allowing something new to take shape, right? Something more sustainable, perhaps something more abundant to take shape. And then with Uranus moving into 23, we're bringing in that visionary energy. We are transmitting new potentials, new possibilities. We are putting that transformational idea now into words, right? Because it's all about the throat, bringing it into new words, bringing it into manifestation. I was thinking about this this morning, um, and, you know, I, I sometimes will take the things that are going on in the big world and I try to apply it to what am I doing and how am I playing into that same problem or issue. And of course, yesterday I was just, um, I was just hearing about a heat wave, right, coming here. There's been the heat wave this week in England and all of the that heat and the impact it has on those northern latitudes, even up here where I live, where there's not much air conditioning, right, and that impact. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if the news broadcasters stopped focusing on the heat 
and instead started focusing about uh, on instead how can we work through this time period without you know keep blaring the 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 headline about heat wave and climate change and and greenhouse effect and all of that because to focus words to focus that much energy on all of that heat is to keep that idea of heat alive right we keep we keep settling it into our our uh our psyches and then what's our expectation then that we're going to have bigger longer heat waves that we're going to have hotter longer heat waves that they're going to happen in places that don't normally have heat waves and so when my husband was bringing this up to me last night about this heat wave next week and oh my god the warehouse gets so hot and blah 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 and i'm like oh my god this house gets so hot i went wait wait what if instead i focused on cool what if I focused my energy on the coolness? And then, of course, look what I get this morning. Coolness out here is really kind of funny. So we get this idea then that these words that we are um, putting out there about everything have creative power, right? They're creating our reality. And we've always had heat waves in the summer. We always have. I remember as a kid living in Southern California that, you know, we'd look at hundred degree temperatures coming and we'd be like, hallelujah, let's go to the beach. Right. So we've always had them. So why are we focusing them in a way that brings more negativity? That might be what we want to think about. Now, put that on your own life right now. Let's bring it into the personal because this is going to become personal as well. What things have you been focusing on that you don't want in I mean, we might say, like, I, you know, I, I might be focusing on, I don't have a relationship in my life. I might be focusing on, I don't have enough money. I might be focusing on, I don't have enough good health. I don't have enough, you fill in the blank. But I'm focused on that, and then I'm bringing more of that instead of focusing on the other side of the equation, which is, well, what do I want, right? What do I want to create? These themes like that are going to be very important for now, at least the next four months. So be very aware, right? If you're suffering from some kind of issue or that you feel like you're suffering from some kind of issue, don't add to it by thinking about what it is that you don't want. Start thinking about what it is that you do want. Health. Londa pulled me up short yesterday. I've had a, um, I've had a real sciatic issue going on. And she said, well, you keep focusing on that problem. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. Ah, thank God. Other people are in our lives, right, to show us when we're focused on that wrong thing. So I need to change what I'm focusing on, not the pain and not the, you know, whatever, not the story behind that that health issue, but on what does it feel like to be healthy? What does it feel like to have that momentum? What does it feel like to be free of that, liberated from that problem? Okay. Now, I'm not, I don't mean to be into just magical thinking because, you know, people are legitimately experiencing issues in their lives. Real health challenges are real financial challenges, job challenges, relationship challenges. So what can I say for you all is that, you know, for whatever reason, the universe has brought you that, that issue, that challenge, maybe tap into what is it that you're meant to learn from that? Instead of, you know, focusing on the, the heaviness of the issue, what am I learning from this? You know, what positive might come out of this? 
right? What is the lesson behind it all? And focus on those things. Those are easy bridges between the I'm focused on, I've got this problem and I'm focusing on what I really desire. So the bridge is, you know, mm, what might this mean? You know, why, what, what is, how is this serving me, right? How is this situation serving me? It takes no small amount of self-contemplation to move into this territory, but it's so worthy, right? So worthy and worthwhile because we are able then to really tap into the creative energies of the universe and use them for our good rather than keeping the same problem at hand or the same issue from our focus on that issue and not on what we desire. God help me. Does that make sense to everybody? Let me know. Christine Buckingham, if we are meant to leave behind our South Node and our Ascendant is in the same sign, what does that mean? To me, Christine, that's a call from your past lives, prior lifetimes, where maybe your viewpoint had gotten set in stone because we're dealing with Ascendant now. Ascendant is how you see the world, how you see yourself in the world, and maybe the mask that you wear, you know, to the world or in the world, you know, what do you allow the, the world to see of you? And with the South Node there, perhaps that, I don't remember the sign that you have there. Is it Capricorn that you have there maybe? I don't remember your South Node, but anyway. Um, taking a look at, well, where am I maybe consciously looking at things from the past? How am I seeing myself or comparing myself to something from my past? How is the baggage of the past weighing me down? Because the North Node is where you're meant to move. And then your North Node must be in the seventh house of relationships, right? Seeing yourself through the eyes of others, perhaps. Or what, you know, what, if you're looking at your relationships, what, is, what do you see about yourself in those relationships? Because those can be calls for you to move in a new direction. It's not that there's anything wrong with you at all. But the south node in our chart is often where we've had an overabundance of focus on that um, characteristic or that style of being, and we're being asked to move in the new direction, okay? Uh, Gail, good morning. Thank you, Janet. Taurus, sun, Capricorn, moon, and Scorpio rising, really looking at this happening in my life today and lately. I love that. Kajela, anyone notice the sun is very white looking instead of yellow, more bright than I remember and very intense. I have not noticed that, um, but the sun's light coming through our atmosphere is how, so this, it's the light coming through the atmosphere. So whatever's in the atmosphere would be what changes the way that the sun looks. Uh, or changes the way that uh, the sky looks even. So I don't know what that might mean. I'm not real good at color changes. To me, where I live, the sun has been very golden yellow. Uh, I haven't noticed the whiteness, but white hot, right? White, maybe we're becoming enlightened. I don't know, but that's a great question. Tom, one could say an exchange of ideas in Lakesh. I am another yourself. I like that. Yes, yes, yes. J-Lo, here also we have a heat wave, rip currents, and random storms. Um, there's always a heat wave, whether it's a few days or a few weeks. Every summer, it's all fear porn. Exactly, right? It's all fear porn. Now, that's not to say... It's not to say that the reality has been some of those temperatures are skirting the edges of records. But when you look at records, some of the records that are, you know, we're reaching to were actually from, you know, 50s, 40s, 
So what we have is maybe a repeating pattern that some astrological maybe configuration from that time period is being repeated now. Um, that's in the bigger scheme of things, but also every region that you live in <clears throat> has its own weather, its own weather anomalies, and is also uh, being affected by astrology, right? The state of Washington that I live in is a Scorpio state. I don't know what states you all live in and what signs they are, but you can tell maybe by the uh, the, the nation, for example, our country, it, it, the USA is a cancer country. I want to say Canada might be as well. Isn't your Independence Day July 1st? Uh, I think. Um, Tom, you might can correct me for that. Um, so countries have birth dates that have signs that are affected by transiting planets. And it does affect the weather, right? The, the planets have an effect on the weather. And also um, states or regions, you know, depending on the country you live in and how your state, your country might be divided up into smaller principalities or uh, provinces, that kind of provinces um, can also have a birth date, right? So different patterns are happening around the world. I'm not going to say that we humans have not affected the climate in some way, but I really feel like we keep ignoring the fact that the earth is a sentient being and she is also affected by transits of planets and is also on her own timetable, on her own evolution, and is going through something herself in terms of heating. So we've got to stop focusing on the hype, the drama, right? The trauma of it all. Yes, it's been hot in the UK, right? Yes. And yes, we're looking at the West Coast having a heat wave. But let's focus on things that we can do, right, on things that we can prepare, how we can prepare and that type of thing and not focus on the trauma or the drama of that event. I think that's what you're trying to say, Tom. Uh, let's see, Christine, a Taurus. Okay, so you're letting go of Taurus and moving more towards Scorpio, self-mastery, right? Self-mastery. Okay. Do-do-do. Uh, I've noticed the moon has been more golden lately. Yes, I woke up in the middle of the night with it as a flashlight in my eye. It was, a, uh, it's getting to be smaller now. It's moving toward new. So it was bright orange though. Very beautiful. Um, Canada's birthday is July 1st. So Canada and the USA are both cancer nations, right? Cancer nations. Interesting. Uh, okay. Now, any other questions, please go ahead and put those in the comments. I want to talk a little bit about the sun in Leo and what we might expect around that. Um, I love Leo time of year, uh, maybe because I have a lot of planets in Leo, but it just feels to me like we get this opportunity for exuberance, for experiences, like being out in the in the world, um, vacation, rest, uh, just fun stuff, right? It's a fun, loving sign. So it's fun in the sun kind of time for us. I know if you're in the land down under, it's not necessarily fun in the sun, but there's still fun in the inside maybe, right? Fun inside. Um, it's playful energy, right? It's playful. It's childlike enthusiasm. It's heart-centered energy. Leo energy rules the heart in the body, literal, the literal heart, but as well as the heart when we think of love and romance when we think of the blush of love and that feeling that rises within us of love. It is individual energy versus group energy. 
So often during this time period, we are trying to advance ourselves, right? We're trying to tap into the truth, uh, the authenticity of ourselves and the voice of, of that authenticity or the expression of that authenticity in the world. It is really time to shine our authenticity out in the world in whatever way that is, right? It could be in the work that you do. It could be in the songs you're singing, the music you're playing. It could be in the way that you're styling your hair, the colors you're wearing, whatever, right? Be authentic. It is also a time to be generous and magnanimous as Leo has that big heart and that loving, giving nature. But the energy in Leo tells us about something else, that all of the giving energy has to be reciprocated, right? It has to be mutual. It has to be us allowing ourselves to receive as much as we're learning to give and giving as much as we're receiving so that it is a flow of energy because otherwise when Leo energy feels unappreciated or taken for granted, then the more negative aspects of selfishness, vanity, uh, sometimes it ends up being drama, trauma dramas, the kings and queens of drama, right, come out uh, in, within us. And um, we, we, when we're feeling undervalued, then we end up in the more childish frame of reference of how it is we get attention. So it's a time for us then to lead and to step out of the shadows, the shadows of our own fears, the shadows of our own behaviors. But it is also a time for us to balance work and play. I, I see a world often that is over, I end up participating in it, a world that is overly focused on work and doing and if you're not working, then you're not doing enough. And, you know, how can you be playing when there's work to be done and all of those kinds of, of uh, concepts that, that come up? But truly, this is a time to step out of that old paradigm and to step into the new balance of work and play. Now, it's interesting to look at, uh, I printed this up earlier so I could look at this, um, a, li a list of, you know, every time the sun moves through a sign, it's going to make connections with other planets. That's given, right? It's moving through and it's going to come into contact with other planets. But as I was looking down this list of planets that the sun is going to be making connections with, it's Uranus, the North Node, Jupiter, Neptune, Chiron, Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto, where are the Mercuries, the Venuses, the Mars, right? The, um, the well, the moon connections, uh, you know, could be made, you know, each month. But it seems to me that the connections that are coming from the heart are also taking us out to the collective. That makes sense in the, in the human design sense of the collective energy is all Leo energy or the Leo energy is all collective energy. So I wanted to take a look at what some of the biggies are that the sun is going to be coming into connection with. So the first one is up on July 31st, and that is a day the sun will be in a trine to Jupiter, both of them at eight degrees of their relative signs, both in fire, right? Eight Leo is fire, eight Aries is fire, and Jupiter is growth and expansion, and Jupiter is not yet in retrograde, so we're still experiencing the outer expression of growth and expansion. So I think that's a really good day to call in all of your authenticity, to make the plan to speak from your most authentic self, and to see how that path might lead you down into a, a consciousness evolution, 
uh, or a growth of your own energy. On August 8th, um, the sun will come into a trine with Chiron. Again, Chiron in Aries and Leo in uh, our sun in Leo. So we have fire, fire again, a creative expression or a creative way to healing, perhaps a creative way to really strengthen yourself and to, you know, kind of move forward despite the stories of pain and of suffering or of victimization, uh, moving ahead, right? Becoming more interdependent with the people in your world, less focused on codependency and less focused on independence. Not that either one is necessarily a negative thing, but interdependency is we're all in this boat called Earth together. August 10th, the sun will square the north node where earlier in July, it was more of a quintile. So let's see, today's the 22nd. So the 24th on Sunday, uh, the sun is going to quintile the north node. Remember a couple of weeks back, we talked about quintiles, that quintiles are where we divide the astrology chart up into five places. So if we divide it by five and we get like 72 degrees of, which is a quintile. And a quintile is kind of a special place. When a quintile comes up, it kind of shows us or points us in the direction of maybe a hidden talent or a hidden gift that's like latent waiting to be expressed. So the sun, quintile, the North Node, hmm. What kind of talents lie within us as humanity, as a collective, not just as an individual, but as a collective that we've yet to tap into, that we can tap into. And then later when we get into August, it becomes a square and the square is going to challenge us to move toward that talent that we discovered, to move more fully into more heart centered energy. So that is going to be, uh, even though it's a square and that sometimes feels like it's more tense. Uh, or more, more filled with anxiety for us, it also is the tension of action. It's going to push us, right? And right around that August 11th date, we have the full moon. And I was just finishing that uh, part of the August astro design uh, that I'll send out to all of you here before the end of next week. And it is interesting to see that that full moon is pushing in the same direction, right? It is the this, you know, what is new, what's untried, what, what can we take on and move forward without fear, like letting all that past baggage fall away. And possibly the most impactful aspect during Leo time will be when the sun comes into the opposition with Saturn, and they will both have that opposition at 21 degrees of Leo, 21 degrees of Aquarius. And it's, it's an, you know, sun and Saturn. One is the shiny of our ego, right? That ego self. Saturn is going, yeah, but what are you going to do with it? What has the benefit been to others by your doing that? So sometimes we can feel a little maybe tired. Maybe we've over-focused in the wrong areas. So one of the reasons why I'm telling you this now, so far ahead of time, is to Make sure that what you're focusing in, on now is authentic, is from your own self, right? Your higher self and what makes sense for you. Because 
if we get to the sun opposite Leo and we've been focusing on what we think we are or who we think we are or doing things that we think other people want us to do, then it's going to be a little bit more of a comeuppance for us than a reward. But if we've been doing all the work between now and then, then that opposition might bring us some reward. We might start to see the fruits of our labors, the things that we've been doing, the results of being authentic, either in maybe financial considerations or in how we feel in about how people are relating to us. So we have, you know, a good month, maybe, or a little less than a month. Uh, to be working on our authenticity uh, so that we reap the rewards rather than the karma, the more negative expression of these things when we get to uh, mid-August. <laughs> and then, of course, the latter uh, three um, aspects are quincunxes, which are inconjuncts, which means that there's adjustments, some kind of sacrifices or um, something that we have to maybe let go of in order to move forward. And that's with Neptune and Pluto and a sesquiquadrate similar to a quincunx in its energy feel uh, with Jupiter. So those can be a little bit more difficult to uh, express kind of tension that's there, but not something we can really put our finger on. Oh, and now I remember why it was I was bringing up the connection with uh, that August 11th sun squaring Uranus and the 10th where it's squaring North Node is because the full moon holds a T-square pointed at Uranus and the North Node and Mars not far away. So the full moon in August is likely going to be a doozy pushing us, almost forcing us to move in a different direction. And we'll talk, of course, more about that as time comes up. Now, before I uh, get on, let's take a look, see any questions. Um, Brooklyn is a Cancer, one degree. Uh, Aquarius moon, 20 degrees. That's very interesting because the USA also has an Aquarius moon. I want to say it's at 25 degrees. Um, so kind of some equanimity going on there. Um, okay. Anyway. Wait, Aquarius moon. Yeah. But what's Libra 27? Is that the rising maybe? Uh, okay. Anyway, let's look at the circuitry because I think that was kind of fascinating. Kamal, I will do that for you. Um, so Leo circuitry in human design, there are groups of gates that seemingly work similarly, right? They, they have this, a similar energy behind them. So, you know, like your computer motherboard has circuits. In our human design, we have circuits and circuits work together or the components of a circuit work together to bring up uh, some kind of action, right? To, to, to bring something into being or to make something happen. So the circuitry, when we look at Leo and when we look at this in our human design, we see that we have two distinct circuits. One is logic, which is also patterns, the recognition of patterns and understanding right in quantum human design that circuitry is now called the un, is called pattern circuitry in the old human design or traditional human design not old human design um, it's called understanding or sometimes called logic so we get this thought about oh part of leo energy is in logic which is really being able to see patterns as possibilities as probabilities but also being able to see the potential for evolving and changing energy in those patterns. Like some patterns, 
some patterns are going to be patterns, right? The sun is always going to rise in the east and set in the west unless some kind of something hits us and moves us off our axis, right? Um, so that pattern, we can we can stake a claim and say, yes, that's a pattern and that's, you know, logic. It's going to be that way forever. But other things that we take for granted as logical, as a pattern, like maybe something in your own life, um, should be looked at more as potentially a part of a pattern that can evolve and change and grow. So with Leo energy, because it's a fixed sign, it can sometimes get stuck. It can be, it kind of get in a rut, right? It can feel like it can't make a move. I, I never forget having a conversation when um, uh, a, a young girl lived at our house. She was a Leo. She was 21, I think at the time. Um, she was a Leo and I, she was so nervous about what she should do with her life. And we were having a conversation about it. And I would say, well, what is it you want to do? She goes, I can't do what I want to do. I have to do something that's going to make money or I have to do something that's going to support my family. And I went, oh my gosh, where did you get that idea? Right? Leo, heart, you're following your heart. You're doing what feels good to you, right? But somehow she had gotten caught up in this pattern that had no wiggle room, no wiggle room for her whatsoever. Now, that's a part of the evolution in Leo energy, right? We can start to really tune in to where are our stuck places, right? Because we all have them somewhere, right? If you're not living your life 100% aligned to who you really want to be and living life and loving life and having, you know, great experiences, looking at challenges that come up in your life and going, okay, let's just get to this and let's move through this, then you're likely stuck, right? Stuck somewhere. So, a lot of times this ends up being reasoning logic without heart, right? It's all up here in the head. It's all just info and data. It gets caught up in that stream rather than coming down a little bit lower into the body and being the stream of consciousness that can be possibilities from the heart. So here we have, you know, some of these logical gates that kind of by their very definition require us to experiment with new ideas, which leads us to new experiences within the energy of that Leo um, circuitry, that part of the Leo circuitry. Now, the other half of the gates uh, in Leo are in sensing circuit, which is now also called the miracle circuit. I got to love this one. Of course, most of my energy is in the sensing circuit, so I'm very familiar with it. It is about learning to consciously use your personal narrative, what you're saying as a tool to create new experiences for yourself, literally leading to miracle creation, right? Leading to miracles. So it's the power of storytelling uh, to break old patterns and open up pathways to new experiences, to a new you, right? To new patterns. It's sensual, it's emotional, it is also experiential. And it's about moving from the more reactive, fear-based way of being and behaving, reactive energy, to the more conscious, deliberate, um, creative uh, impulses or creative energies. And that's where the miracle lies, right? That's where the miracle lies. So we have, you know, two complete different types of energy within Leo. So, and I noted earlier in the broadcast how they kind of alternate, right? From logic to sensing, from logic to sensing. 
<clears throat> also not just like that because it, it's sensing. It starts with sensing, goes to logic, sensing, logic, logic, sensing, right? So we have uh, the very beginning is sensing and the very ending is sensing. So what does that tell you? We have to reduce our reliance on logic. We don't want to get rid of it. We don't want to get rid of it. It's a way of for us in human design to know. Um, but so is the sensing, right? The sensing, the knowing energies. So I find that to be kind of fun uh, as uh, an energy for Leo. Interesting to look at the pattern there as well. All right, let's do a couple of card readings. I saw that Kamal wanted me to pull a card for him. Unfortunately, I talked longer than I thought. So Kamal, I'm going to pull you a card, but then I'm also going to pull us some cards for the collective. I think I'm going to pull a Samayan card. How fun is that? And a goddess card. Mm. But Kamal, for you, I'm going to pull a wisdom of the oracle card and think about the subject that you want to have answered in the card. Focus on the highest energy of what you desire here. And what we have is the fates. Here's the card of the fates. Let's bring it over here. It was upside down. So it's a protection message. And the fates is number 17, which is an eight. That kind of brings us into the infinity symbol, right? Of spirit connected to matter or physical human heart-to-heart -heart connection between humans. Uh, so 17, come all. All right, but it's in protection. So let's read that. It is difficult to understand why painful things happen to good people. Fate is a mystery after all. Yet what we do with our circumstances, the way in which we respond to life's challenges, is how we rise up to greet our destiny. God, exactly what we've been talking about this morning, right? Now is one of those times to be aware of your powerlessness to change certain situations and surrender to acceptance. Hang in there. Life will only get better. Act as if you believe that for the only thing you can control right now is your attitude. Right? When you align with the fates, being mindful of what you can and cannot change, serenity will come to you. There's kind of a prayer around that, the serenity prayer um, that is about the courage to change what you can change, but also to know the difference right, between what you can change and not change. So it seems to say then, Kamal, that while life may be bringing some painful experiences, um, again, it's your attitude about that. It's what do you want to create or learn from the experience that you need to be focusing on. Uh, hopefully that is helpful for you. All right, let's pull a goddess card for the collective. And we haven't done goddess in a while. So she's all buttoned up here. Let me get her out. And let's see what the goddesses want from us. Athena. Oh, this is a good one. Card number five, Athena with her owl on one shoulder, right? And uh, it says knowledge underneath Athena, knowledge. All right, let's see what this means. And by the way, that card was upright. And in this deck, the upright is an empowerment message. And she's number five, got to go back. All right, so Athena 
The Greek goddess of intellect and strategy says, knowledge is power and you are in a perfect position to gain greater clarity at this time. Your hard work is paying off and everything you have learned about life has brought you to this moment in time. Your knowledge, choices, logical choices, interesting enough, and intentions are aligned with divine will. Your intellect is keen and your mind is clear. You don't have to question or debate it. You can take things at face value. If you think it adds up, that's because it does. Have courage, my love. Your most precious dreams are within reach. The goddess Athena will help. It's just a, a beautiful card, Athena. Hmm. Love it. Now let's get a Mayan card out. And see what wisdom we get from the Mayan deck. And whoa, that one came out. Realm shift. Cambio de Reno. Uh, so it's a star. And I think this is, uh, it's an interesting card because it's not part of the day and it's not part of the universal number. Uh, I think this is, what do they call these cards? Got to find them first. Pardon my looking. These are called the journey cards, the archetypal star. No, that's the lenses. There we go. So we are at realm shift. So 145. And here we go. So realm shift. Here we go. Quantum leap. Expanded reality. Walking into the unknown. Becoming open awareness. Openness to possibilities. Flexible assemblage points accelerated change. It says, loosen your moorings, journeyer, make room for miracles and expanded realities. Holy cow. So the goddesses are telling us about the logic. And now we have the Mayans telling us about the miracle network or the miracle network, the miracle circuitry. Um, in receiving this lens, you are being asked to take a quantum leap beyond the confines of your known reality. You are becoming open awareness and open system. You and this reality are entering a total shift of realms. Because of humanity's mass agreement about how reality is, you may have constructed your reality based on fixed beliefs in such things as restriction, denial, limitation, and judgment. However, when humanity reaches the critical threshold of change in its belief system, reality shifts to, re to reflect that change. Set aside how your reality appears. See the universe as an inseparable whole, one hologram made up of a vast web of interwoven possibilities. You can affect and draw from that energetic field now. You can create the reality you choose. A shift of realms is taking place. At this nexus of time and space, powerful galactic energies are meeting your expanding perception of what is possible. Anything you have defined in a limited way is open to transformation. Perhaps you have seen this expanded version of reality in moments of extreme crisis, strong emotions, plant medicine experiences, deep meditation, severe illness, or a near-death experience. After such moments, all things look different, and the potential of all possibilities emerges. 
Uh, that is because the assemblage points of your reality have been shaken loose. Receiving this lens asks you to consciously loosen your assemblage points and allow them to remain flexible. Take a quantum leap into the fluidity of unfixed beliefs and expanding realities. By flexibly choosing to move into the unknown, a complete and marvelous reordering of your world awaits you. Need I say more? Realm shift, right? Realm shift. All right. That is it for me today. You guys take care. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you on Monday uh, where we'll take a look ahead at the energies for that week. Uh, take care. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.